0: Drink it in now. Touchdown Detroit Lions! Cornbread!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? This is uh, Oakery in the house once again. Got Griff on the other end of the line. Griff, how are you, buddy?
1: Doing good. Excited. Training camp's
0: finally open. Guys are on the field, from what I've
1: heard and uh, seen on TV. There's a there's a lot more stuff to do around there this year. They've uh, the lines have really taken to heart, you know, getting the fans. You know, uh, doing more stuff for the fans. It's just uh, pretty excited uh, to get down there, and go see a practice. What about you, D?
0: Absolutely, man. Hey, Griffka. So, speaking of the fan stuff down there, so I'm. Um, Going through, I got like a little alert, and Tori Petri, who I don't know if she's ever listened to the podcast, but she's definitely a favorite of ours here at the Detroit Kool-Aid Cash. She does a tremendous do- job, don't you think, Griffin? Definitely, definitely. Yes, yes. Very very nice uh, at what she does. And uh, she did a walkthrough of the uh, season ticket holders, kind of like the training camp thing today. And oh, man, they got they got free food, they've got better seating, they've got all these sponsorships. They got a live radio broadcast out there. They got um, all, all types of things. Like it's just so funny to think because I remember going not even a handful of years ago or all the way back. Let's go all the way back to like when Calvin signed, I remember going there and like, I literally, I think I got out of work or something and I just went, he still hadn't signed his contract yet. I walked up par- parked or whatever walked in there wasn't a security person anywhere there wasn't anything going on there was one set of bleachers probably could fit 50 people (laughs) I sat down in the front row and just was watching practice then all of a sudden this absolute monster runs out of the uh, building right before practice number 81 it's biggest human being I'd ever seen and that was our new receiver not not a banner not a anything there other than a football field and now you know, like you said, just taking care of their people. So Tory Petrie's tremendous job. And, man, we can't wait to get down there tomorrow, Grifka. But uh, a couple other news and notes coming out of uh, today that I heard was a couple of friends were down there. And they said uh, good old Matt Pat, as we call him here on the podcast, Matt Patricia, was very vocal and was getting after those football players. And, uh, man, I can't um speak higher of that. Like I'm so happy. I think Jim Caldwell was wearing his black pajamas and was out there with his sunglasses, probably asleep half the time, the way you see him at camp. He uh he never made a motion. He just stood in the middle and, and never did anything where Matt Patricia not only is barking at people, but he's out there running drills and um got his whistle. I and here's another great one, Griffka, is I heard that uh Marvin Jones caught like a heck of a good touchdown pass and then he was like not paying attention or didn't have the ball tucked away. And somebody came and knocked the ball out his hands, take a lap, everybody, <laughs> <laughs> send them running. I was like, Oh great. This is, this is what we need. Like, I know these guys don't need to be totally crushed all day, but come on, let's get some accountability and let's get some actual, somebody that'll get up in you because you can't have a, a best buddy all day as your head coach. So I was super happy to hear
1: about that. Yeah, that is that, that's good news. And, uh, we're just wondering, maybe after practice, they will do like Steve Mariucci and do like the Easter eggs, where he throws the uh, Gatorade out in the grass and makes the guys go get their favorite flavor.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Mooch, so I'm watching, I'm watching NFL Network today, and they're showing all the miked up of Mooch with the Lions. Oh my gosh, like it was, it was nauseating. Like he was just the, all the stuff he was saying or his energy and going around. It was just like frustrating me because I remember as a as a new fan back in the day then how he kind of uh, – was everybody's all excited about him. And now I just look at him as such a rah-rah, like, you know, I don't know. He just didn't come across as like a football guy, all the stuff he was doing and saying. It was just so gimmicky. But um, that was that was weird. And then, uh, Grifka, I know you want to hit real quick as we're doing news and notes. Uh, the Lions didn't make a signing the other day, which I know you were a fan of.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm happy they signed uh, Ricky Gina. I mean, once again, I know we have talked about this before getting tired of maybe signing all the old, former Patriot players, but I still think, uh, Ricky gene is a guy that can play anywhere up, um, up and down that line. Um, once again, he does know the system. Um, I think his, uh, was it like last year, maybe he only had like six tackles or something like that. I, I read his, I, I saw his stats after they signed him and they weren't like that impressive, but so I, I'm not expecting him to be a starter. Um, you know, more rotation guy, push, uh, push the younger guys that, um, you know, show them the, you know, the ways of the NFL and, uh, how to be a true pro. So I'm happy with the signing. You know, I know a lot of people were pushing for Jonathan Hankins, but obviously there was something missing there where the Lions didn't want to sign him because they didn't bring him in and look at him. But they just uh maybe uh Matt, like I said, Matt Pat felt more uh comfortable uh, bringing in Ricky Jean. So uh, I'm happy with that signing.
0: Yeah, a little depth on the D-line as well as uh, a guy that's been in the system, been in the league for some years. I mean, I I like all that about him. Uh, The last thing I want to hit on is so Matt Stafford got interviewed by NFL Network, too. Real good. I mean, just feel really good with this guy at quarterback, and and he looks like he's in a good place. But they said, uh, what do you think about Matt Patricia or whatever? and he he kind of paused he goes he's intense <laughs> and i was like oh yes great so he's even getting after our quarterback a little or the team in general which i, I love and i'm sure it's in a good way cuz patricia had another presser today and he just came across smart no nonsense um all about football so when i say intense or he's getting after people like i don't think it's uh you know Negative. I think it's more just he's an intense guy, wants to win. He's done it at a high level at another organization and it's rubbing off on these guys because they're used to, you know, like I say, the Detroit Lions Country Club. So I'm so glad that uh, he said that. And he also, I think he said intense and then he goes, we respect him for where he came from and his track record. And he just wants to win like all the rest of us. And I said, there you go. So no complaining and just uh, let this coach lead this team. And uh, hearing that from the quarterback was pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's uh, looking. It's nice to hear that the quarterback uh, has his back, even though it's uh, still relatively early in the uh, tenure of Matt Patricia. Um, even, even though he's intense and maybe makes the guy do guys do a few laps, um, he realized maybe the team realizes that he wants to, he wants to win. He knows how to win and uh, he wants to bring that culture to this team.
0: Yep. Yep. I agree. So uh, other than that, you know, we'll keep our eyes and ears out for anything other newsworthy that happens. We just want to kick off the uh, Detroit Kool-Aid cast today with a little bit of timely news, but we are finishing up our series today. Uh, dollars and cents talking about contracts, talking about player ages, values, where they sit on this roster. And we got, uh, I believe, Griff, we got two major groups left. I think we're looking at O-line and our linebackers. So we have talked about them in the past. We're going to kind of go through um, them in general and one by one and kind of talk about what money they're making and how they fit on this roster. you ready to do this?
1: Yeah, let's do this. Let's get this done.
0: All right. Sounds good. Um, let's, let's go ahead and start on the O-line, Griff. And uh, the first name I got in front of me here is the big signing from last year. And uh, this guy wasn't totally on my radar last year. Didn't think he'd come here. Obviously, didn't like him because he's a former Packer. A little bit older, but I knew he was pretty productive over there. And uh, sure enough, all of a sudden, you know, you hear it's not going to happen. And all of a sudden, TJ Lang inks up here with the Lions. And uh, he's 30 years old. He signed a three-year, $28.5 million deal, making nearly $10 bucks this year. And we have him for 2018-2019 seasons under contract. So what are you thinking about TJ? Because I, I felt like he had a down year last year, both due to injury and just because I didn't feel like he wowed me, but a guard shouldn't. And he did kind of make a Pro Bowl alternate. So uh, talk to me a little bit about TJ Lang.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of with you on that. It seemed like he didn't wow me. He, um, you know, he was injured here and there, didn't play every game. And, you know, I know it's hard to play every game in the NFL. Um, but still, like you said, I, I think people are going to be, you know, I don't know, a little uh, looking at him with uh rose colored glasses. Cause like you said, he did make the pro bowl last year and I, I'm not for sure. It, it seemed like he just didn't have a pro bowl year. I mean, he seemed to have like better years in green Bay and then, you know, not make the pro bowl, but, uh, I'm not for sure about how I feel about him. I, I thought he'd, I thought he'd be like a real stabilizer on, on the offensive line, you know, him sitting next to, you know, Ricky Wagner, but it just seemed like once again, I don't know if it's because, you know, he's like you said, he's 30. I mean, 30 is not old, old, but it's not young either. Um, you know, he, he did, it seemed like he had a few more holding penalties last year than he hasn't had in past year. So I don't know if that's, once again, just with age, technique, or or what it whatever the problem is, but um, you know, like what he's making, you know, what he's, you know, what he brought last year. Even though he made the Pro Bowl, I, I was a little disappointed in him. Now, like you said, uh, we have him, what ten mil this year. We have him wrapped up, you know, through uh, you know, through what uh, twenty nineteen. Um, I think he's going to be one of those guys. He's he'll be here the next two years, and he's probably going to have to like, you know, train, you know, his his understudy, whatever you want to call him. You know, it's his soon-to-be replacement. But um, it's one of those things, you know, I, I hope his game steps up this year compared to what it was last year, even though he did make the Pro Bowl. Um, and I, I'd like to see him out there a little more than uh, – and like I said, I know injuries happen in the pros, but he seemed to be uh, seemed to be injured a little bit more than, than he had been in the past. So um, TJ Lang, I was a little down on him this year, but I hope he has a big bounce back here, especially for what we uh, signed the guy for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a great guy, both in the locker room and just like a face, you know, guy, good guy in interviews, good, just down to earth dude, but just want to see a little bit more elite play or just keeping that pocket clean. And uh, like you say, it could be due to injury. Uh, you talk about the holding penalties. I remember there were some really phantom calls on him a couple of times that really brought back some big screen plays and whatnot. So, um, you know, I, I expect him to play better. And uh, if I don't notice the guard, sometimes that's not a bad thing. So, um, you know, maybe he was playing a bit better than uh, than we thought as just uh, as just fans. But um, you know, he's a big piece of that offensive line and I'm expecting to be much better here this year and need him to be better. So um we got a lot of names here, Griffka. So we're gonna try to hit on the main ones uh for the majority and then we'll we'll bundle up some of the others. So the next name on my list is the uh draft pick from this year, twenty two years old, Frank Ragnow. He signed a four year rookie deal for 11 million bucks. So he's making just around 3 million this year. Um, a guard slash center in the first round of the NFL draft is always something that's in the past, especially has been questioned. Nowadays, it seems to be a little bit more normal. Um, I love this guy. I know that um, Pro Football Focus loves him. I know he wasn't like a main name that we talked about before the draft process but he definitely was a guy i had heard about and that i knew was a really solid center in his college career even though he did play a little guard um he's just kind of like a guy where yeah i don't know he's just meat and potatoes he just finds a way to get it done and, and doesn't let his quarterback get hit and uh to me it's just one of those really safe nice draft picks that i expect a lot from this guy i mean plugging that that left guard spot to me is important. You've got a center, you know, a right guard in both your tackle spots filled. I mean, to me, I expect the whole unit to be way better. What do you think in Frank Ragnow is a, the, the resource they put into him and just the player in general? Um,
1: I know on a prior podcast
0: uh, we had talked about Frank Ragnow, and I kind of
1: bagged on the guy simply because I'm not a huge fan of taking interior lineman in the first round. Um, I don't wanna rehash all that, so we'll just go into this and say like, okay, he's a rookie, he's got the rookie contract, they're obviously gonna put some time into him. Um I know in the, the more of the off season, you know, mini camps he pro he did a lot at guard. And I uh, saw recently that, you know, during the during the preseason here they are gonna try him out at center some. Um, maybe just as a backup in case, you know, Glasgow gets hurt, or maybe he just turns out it's like, you know, it's his more natural position and they and they want him to play center. So, um, am I expecting big things out of him? Um, yeah, do it, You know, will it happen? <laughs> I, I don't know, but I, I don't want to say no. I really want him to be good. Um, but once again, I mean, like I said, I just, I'm just always hesitant on interior alignment in the first round. So like I said, he's a rookie contract. They're going to make, they're going to hope this guy pans out. I don't see this guy as like a red shirt year. You know, they're going to play, play somebody else in this position. And just let this guy, you know, sit back and get some snaps here and there. But um, I really hope what this guy does is help, you know, solidify either that, you know, that left guard or maybe the center if that's where they ultimately want to play him. And that's how I feel about right now.
0: For all the people listening out there, Will Griffka could get one of his famous taglines in within the first 10 minutes. Yes. Should he <laughs> or should he have waited till the end? No, it was awesome. <laughs> so Grif, Grifka got it in uh, for everybody out there that's found that to be a funny gimmick. But uh, we um, we definitely differ on Frank Gregg now. I mean, to me, it, it's not about the position per se. It's about the player. And, and to me, you know, obviously we have to see him. But I think this guy could just be a pat him at center, guard, wherever it may be. I think he's just going to be a really good offensive lineman for this team. And that's what we've been – been wanting and needing for years So like you said, we don't have to go back over that But uh, a dominant O-line and a dominant defense Would be really nice Because we already feel good about our O For the most part So let, let's move on Let's go to uh, Kenny Wiggins Is the next name on my list The guy that we brought in from the Chargers He's on a two-year deal Five million bucks Two and a half million per for Kenny Wiggins keep it short but give me uh your thoughts on him Griska.
1: um he's cheap and he's there to uh compete he's there just uh the guys in front of him you know maybe they look over their shoulder a little bit to know that somebody maybe is capable of taking their spot that's what he's there for once again if he's ends up starting on the offensive line that means there's a few other guys that missed um or that or it's injuries that's that's how i feel about uh, kenny wiggins
0: yeah, I don't see him as a starter at all. But I I remember reading up on him a little bit. Like I think Pro Football Focus liked him too, and he uh, just kind of a solid lineman. Started some games with the Chargers, so I think that our backups are still going to be important there on the O line. Like two and a half million bucks, I and mean, I don't know, um, you know, if he makes the team or whatever. But I think that you know there could be some value there. Uh, but like I say, nothing, nothing very exciting. So um, hopefully he's a he's a good backup or a good versatile piece. I don't know if he can play both guards or if he plays any center. But you got to have some versatility if you're going to make the team in there. Next name on the list: Graham Glasgow. This is uh, the guy out of Michigan that we took in the third round a couple of years ago. Kind of surprised me. I had him a little bit lower, but I remember do liking him. I liked him as a player. I just was like, I think I had a fourth or fifth round type grade on him. And when they took him in the third, I was kind of like, ah, is that a reach? But then I liked that. He started right away on the left guard spot. And, uh, now he's moving into center. It appears, I know you said rag now might play some center, but I feel like they're totally set on him at guard. So I expect Glasgow to be in the middle there. And, uh, I don't know. I like it. He's only 26 years old, four year deal, 3 million bucks, not even making 750,000 this year. And, uh, I feel good about him, you know. I think that uh, he's gonna make strides. He can push people around a little bit in the run game. Just tighten up his pass blocking a little bit, and uh, I like to, I like him as a player.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I think he's gritty.
0: He's tough. He's solid, not
1: spectacular, um, but like you said, if, he's one of those guys. If we don't hear his name on Sundays, that means he's doing pretty well. You know, that's what I like. That's what I'd like to hear. Um, I think he's uh, he know from. What I've read about him from what I've seen, it seems like he knows the game, he's pretty intelligent. So him I would like I would prefer him at center over Ragnow. So because he's been there before, he kinda of knows the ropes. He's seen more pro defenses, even though yeah. Ragnow, you know, played in the SEC It's supposed to be the best college league, you know, and you know, everybody calls it the pro minor leagues or whatever. But still, there's obviously a big jump in between. I would I don't I think I'd feel less comfortable having a rookie trying to protect our golden boy as opposed to, you know Graham Glasgow's been in the league a few years. You know, he knows what he's looking for. I I like this guy. You know, his age, he's, you know, he's cheap, you know, in you know, in terms of what, what pay is. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with uh, him on the team. I, I like him starting at center.
0: But the crazy part is, like, every time he's – he played left guard and started, but he was just kind of okay to average. But it seemed like every time he moved into the center, he was – above average you know he almost like got better just by shifting over a spot and being able to make the calls and move people around so i think for some reason he just plays better in the middle there but uh, yeah glad to have him around one of the best mustaches in the game he's got the crazy uh, personality i've seen some interviews with him where he's just a funny guy that you know like an old lineman where he can be funny but then he also just never wants to talk or be out front and that's what i think we have now we have five uh, guys up front that you know aren't aren't looking for the spotlight but do have a little bit of personality and that just want to block people and play football and that's what we need so yeah. um feel feel good about the overall mix we got now next name on the list is uh Terrell Crosby, this guy that I was super happy. It was crazy. He just fell in the draft. And I he, I had him high on my list, even though we didn't really need an old lineman. As he kept falling, I, I go with that. Once you get to a certain point, you just have to take the best guy around. And he seemed like one of the top players when they took him. So they have him listed as a guard here, 22 years old, four years, 2.7 million bucks total. So he's only making 686000 this year. Got him for 18, 19, got him for a good four-year contract as a rookie. So, I I like this guy. I mean, the only thing I worry about with Terrell Crosby is when I saw some interviews and stuff with him, it reminded me, like, is he a guy that, like, is he tough enough? You know, he had almost that, like, speech or just that personality where you think, man, this guy can get it done in the trenches. He just didn't seem to have that personality like I just talked about with uh, Glasgow and – um, what Rag now has and even uh, Wagner on that other side, they seem to have offensive alignment type personalities But this guy. I don't know. I mean, maybe he just turns it on on Sundays and is a mauler, but I love his overall game. His college tape was good. And uh, you got to love a rookie contract and depth on the old line. So again, another player I like, especially adding to the, to the beef up front.
1: Yeah. I like him also. Um, once again, just rookie contract. I think,
0: For him, he's
1: going to have to be on the team. I think if they try to sneak him on the practice squad, somebody's going to sign him off. So I think he's going to have to be one that's going to be on the team. Um, Based on from what, you know, we heard, you know, draft day, even from ESPN, NFL Network, they were all kind of surprised. He kind of slipped that far too. But um, he'll have to make the team. And he's just going to be, um, he's going to be a learning curve is where it'll be. Um, He'll be there. He, He could be that TJ Lang replacement in a couple of years. You know, like how we were talking about that. Um, The one thing I just kind of worry about once again, he was out at Oregon and they run more of that, you know, that spread where you don't fire off the ball and hit people. It's more of kind of like more of a zone block, you know, just kind of get in the D lines way, you know, you know, let the, let the running back or the quarterback, you know, choose, choose the hole then at that point, you know, where more of the pros is like, you know, they really want you to come off, explode off, you know, I mean, there are some, there are some teams that do run that, that zone, that zone, read offense uh with the offensive line you just kind of block an area and let the let it let the running back do the work but that's that's kind of what oregon ran the whole time, and I think Patricia's looking for more of a you know downhill smash guys off the off the ball you know on off the d line and uh give your running backs more room so that's kind of my my worry about him, so I think he's going to have to develop into that but um yeah i'm happy with that pick,
0: yeah, hopefully he uh finds a role on the team or just you know to me he's a He's got to be a backup guard on both sides. And then between one of these other guys we'll talk about has to be that guy that can play center in both guards if you're going to keep an extra couple linemen up would be my opinion. And uh, I'd love for Crosby to be that guy. And, and I love this next guy too, Joe Dahl. Like to me, he, uh, he was just a pass blocker when he drafted him. But then all I heard was that he was doing so great in, in camp and getting all this praise but then they've never like really used him or or played him. And then finally somebody got hurt or whatever. And Joe Dahl came in and I thought he was more than good. So I don't know what the deal is. It seems like you hear all this buzz and he'll, he'll, he'll be like on that 53 or, Oh, he's, he's going to be a backup uh, lineman and then he just disappears or he never gets in. So I don't know what his role is on the team, but I like him overall as a, as a, player his physique his his contract is um you know 650,000 again this year basically and we have him for another year or two so you got to figure out he's either gonna make the team and find a role this year or I bet you he gets booted but uh, I like Joe Dahl
1: yeah Joe Dahl is one of those one of those guys that we have spoken you know as we go through the team um, he's one of those guys that reminds me of what we see, you know, here and there, maybe we are looking at him with rose-colored glasses. We want him to be good, so when we watch the we watch the games, we're like, yeah, he doesn't look that bad. He doesn't look that bad, but I don't know. I'm thinking maybe once again, we're not seeing something on the field at practice that the coach is like, you know, he doesn't have it. Because you're right; it always seems like we always want, you know, gosh, how come he's not touching the field? We like him. We like what he sees, but you're right. It seems like when he gets in there, it's like he's either a healthy scratch or. You know, he's, he's, he's finally on the roster. He's, he's finally on the game day roster when somebody's hurt. So like you said, this is really his make or break year. I mean, based
0: on, but do you remember, do you remember when he played though? I mean, he was good when he got in for like a whole game. Right. He was
1: real it, good. It kind of reminds me of remember Riley Reef's rookie year when it's like, how come this guy's not starting? How come he's not starting? And then when he goes in there and plays like, gosh, he really wasn't that bad, you know? And then yeah. he eventually took over the starter starters. Because I, I think it's because he's a first round pick. You're going to have to play the guy. Um, but Joe Dahl, what, they got him, what, third, fourth round, fourth, fifth round, something like that, late? So, you know, yeah. it's not a whole lot invested in him. And like you said, maybe he's just not picking something up. There's, he's, he's obviously not getting something in practices where the coach is like, we can't trust him. You know, so I don't know. I think this is really his make or break year. He's going to have to show something. But, um, you know, I, I could see him being, you know, cut. I, I could, based on it seems like he's been around. You know, if he doesn't throw something in the preseason – yeah, I don't think they're going to hang on to him. They may keep, you know, somebody else.
0: Yeah, well, that's right before we start moving on to the tackles, I wanted to ask you. So we just went over Crosby, Dahl, and Wiggins. Like, to me, only there's only room for one, maybe two of those guys. So what are you doing out of those three?
1: Well, like you said, it's. I think it's going to have to be somebody who can kind of
0: play those middle three spots.
1: Like I, like I said, I think Crosby got a lot of buzz. If he shows something, I don't think they're going to be able to hide that guy in the practice squad. He may be one of those guys that makes what the fifty-five, and then he's always a healthy scratch. But if you're looking for somebody who can play all those interior positions, like you said, they signed Wiggins. He's been around the block a little bit. He knows what's going on. Um, he he may be the guy that can that Patricia trust, you know, you know, protecting his protecting Matt Stafford. So he could be the guy. That that would be the guy I'm feeling right now without seeing any practice or any games or anything like that. Is who? Kenny Wiggins, to be that interior guy.
0: Okay. I mean, I, I definitely think there's no doubt you're protecting Crosby. Like, there's no way he would get booted or be on even the practice squad at this point. So he's in. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I guess, again, I just lean towards youth and Joe Dahl, but um, – you know, there's another – I don't even see him here on my list, but they, they signed that center from the Jets who was, like, rated the worst center in football. Oh, I, and, yeah, uh, I remember you are talking about. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. I just – I almost just think, like, because you have Ragnow, we're already set with our centers, so it's either going to be Glaz in there if he's healthy or if he gets hurt, then Ragnow slides over. So that's why I'm leaning towards keeping – uh keeping Crosby and Dahl just because, you know, they're guards. They don't need to be able to play the other position. But I guess, like you said, if Wiggins is better, he's better. But like I say, let's move on to our tackles. Um, Let's just talk about the right side here. I only have one right tackle. I don't know who our our backups are on this team, but, uh, you know, I know we've been corny Lucas and all these guys have been over there backing up, but Ricky Wagner, man, big signing last year, five years. 47.5 million bucks, making nine and a half on average over that contract. Um, to me, well, I'll let you take this one, Griffco. Ricky Wagner, what would you think when they signed him? What did you think last year? And what's he going to do this year? Uh,
1: Ricky Wagner, I was very happy when they signed him.
0: He was supposed to be the best right tackle out there, you know, playing in Baltimore
1: once again, one of those, you know, try to be the power running teams because, you know, Joe Flacco isn't, you know, he can throw the ball, but he's not a. He's not a gunslinger out there, so they like you know, Baltimore like to run the ball a little more. So I was very happy that they signed him. You know, I'm like, okay, the money, you know, fine, we're protecting him. I'm, you know, money's no object on this guy. It's supposed to be the best right tackle. And once again, I was pretty disappointed in this play. I'm um, not happy with um, you know, exactly, you know, what happened. Once again, I don't know if it was just learning a new scheme or or um, you know, just a new, you know, left guard or new right guard next to him or whatever like that. I'm not for sure. Um, no, once again, like I said, and when I thought it, it was like, hey, money's no object, cool, we we got this guy, we're good, because you know at left hack we don't have as much money spent in, you know, in Taylor Decker, but um, you know, as his contract goes along, man, you know, his his salary starts to grow, you know, so you know, I was looking at this, and near the end of it, I mean, his his contract's pretty high. It might be one of those things where if he really doesn't, you know play all that well the next couple years you can see they're going to be have to be a rework or he might end up being like one of those cap casualty guys you know it's just like we don't want to pay this guy we're going to get rid of him because near the end of his contract the cap it nearly isn't that bad um so i really want him to improve this year because we really the lines really need him to be in there a lot more than what he was last year because like you said i i don't know who is the backup who the backup's going to be or uh you know been trying on that and I know they signed a couple other guys that are pretty cheap and we don't know if they can play out there or not but I, I, hope, his, I hope his play really improves for especially what we're paying him
0: yeah I uh, was just pulling up a little bit about his contract one, one thing for the, the Kool-Aid drinkers out there and people that have been listening to these dollars and cents episodes you know we could spend a ton of time getting into all the contract details and uh, you know, the, the signing, the base salary, all that type of stuff. You know, we have all that. We've looked at it. But what we're kind of doing when we give you the numbers is just his average amount over the, the life of the contract. So, like Grifka said, if we drill into the details a little bit, it does look like it, it keeps going up from, uh like, a not to get too too detailed here. But his cap hit in 2019 is up in the $12 million range and then it continues to be up at $12 million cap hit. And then it says there's a potential out in 2020. Um, I don't know if that's for, I would assume that's for the team if they'd want to get out at that point. So I agree with you, Grifka. I think it's one of those that does sort of escalate, but this guy has to be better too, in my opinion. I mean, he was fine and uh, I'm glad he's fine because I always felt like the right side was an absolute mess before he got here. you know it was just like, oh my gosh, who's gonna block the right side You know it was somebody new every other week or it was just you know nobody that good over there, so he's got to be better with the contract that he signed, but I think that uh he should have a better year this year, just being here a year, and no one uh I don't know, just kind of getting comfortable and stuff. I mean, I like him again, his whole build, personality, college that he came from, came out of Wisconsin. So I'm totally fine with him being here. And I really don't see him getting getting dropped. I see him just getting a little bit better every year and solidifying that right side, both with TJ here and then also feel good. I want to talk for a second about we just got off of Crosby. To me, Crosby's that guy that, yeah, he can play guard. And and maul and do some things inside But I think you could put him out on the right And he'd be fine Or he could back up Taylor Decker on the left If needed So I love that position flex And feel like we don't have to have Corny Lucas And who's the other guy that's been over on the right side a lot That's just an absolute turnstile
1: yeah, I can't remember. I just always remember Robinson, and Corey Robinson over there.
0: Corey Robinson and Cornelius. Yeah, Cornelius. Yeah, Two that, saying, too yeah. that had been over there. Um, But, yeah, I'm just glad. Hopefully we don't have to go there. And even if Wagner was to get dinged up, I feel like uh, the rookie could move over and, and be better than we've had in the past. So yeah. I feel good about him. But, yeah, he's not, he's not making peanuts, that's for sure. So glad he's here. And uh, Rick Wagner hopefully uh, can get going. Grifka, you want to kick us off with our tackles?
1: Uh yeah let's uh we'll talk. left
0: side get us on the left side okay yeah we'll uh, go over to Taylor Decker here um
1: under the rookie contract you know making what like one point four point five this year you know obviously increases next year he's only twenty three years old I mean first round pick they're obviously expecting this guy to be the uh, the um, the Stonewall out there at uh, at left tackle to protect the blind side um, I know uh, him being hurt half of last year sent his sent his development back a little bit. I think what happened was when he came back, everybody was expecting him to just be like the top of his game. Well, obviously he didn't, you know, practice at all in the in the preseason, missed half the season, you know. I mean, obviously he had to get some rust, you know, kicked off before he was actually, you know, back to his old self. And near the end of the year, I thought he played pretty well again, you know. It just took a little longer with him missing so much time. Um, I guess. I'm still, um, you know, I, I hope is that half year really, you know, didn't send him back his development back that much. I think, you know, coming out of powerhouse, Ohio state, he should know how to, you know, he's, he's got the basics down. It seems like Ohio state pumps out a lot of good offensive linemen. So I'm just hoping, you know,
0: did, did you just say Ohio state twice on the podcast? Krifka? you know, this is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, yeah, but right? he went to Ohio state. So I have to, you know, at least mention it, um, <laughs> that team down South.
1: Yeah, sorry. Um, well I don't know get it right okay but um, yeah and I just want him to you know want, once again want his development to continue want him to be able to uh, protect uh, you know Stafford's blind side for uh, you know a number
0: of years to come yeah man when they drafted Taylor Decker I had him on my draft board and he was supposed to go right around that 20 mark but when they took him I was kind of like I didn't know if I loved the pick or if I was kind of like ah you know I don't know he wasn't said to be a big um, like run blocker. He was good in the pass game and, and some other things, but man has this guy from, I mean, year one, he was tremendous. He just came in and never noticed him over there. Always seemed to be on his blocks, like really like him. He's still only 23 years old here in his third year. Like you said, he went to a, a big school. He's played at a high level. Like to me, there's nothing not to like about this guy and uh, he's a former basketball player. So that's where he gets like his feet. And he just kind of, he has a crazy, like to me, a football personality. Like every interview I see about him, he's just like, I haven't proved anything yet. I mean, Pro Bowls, haven't done anything. Or he was like that his whole rookie year. So he just keeps his nose to the grindstone. And I don't know, to me, like this is one of the cornerstones of our team, uh, unless something crazy was to happen this year, but I don't expect anything but good things. I love the contract. This is, again, why you take offensive tackles, defensive ends, corners, quarterbacks, you know, as as mo- much as you can in the first round. Now, I know I defended Ragnow saying like, it almost doesn't matter now, but. It doesn't matter if you find a guy that's good for your team, but it does matter when you take a premier position that pans out because we got a left tackle for another couple years on, like you said, one to three million bucks. And if he keeps playing at a high level, you know, I would do him a solid in the next year or two and extend him out because I think the guy's that good of a person and a football player. And uh, like I say, probably one of the top four or five players on the whole team, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, I would. I would agree with you on that. He's probably – he's very important to the success of the team this year.
0: Definitely. And just we don't want to take it for granted that he's not hurt both here in the preseason and to uh, heading into preseason and the first game. I mean, that that really derailed our year last year, not having him over there, having to piece it together. We don't even want to talk about Greg Robinson, where (laughs) I thought that was a good roll of the dice by Bob Quinn, but that's probably the worst move he's made and uh, putting him over there was just an absolute disaster from day one. So we uh, should notice a big difference on the left side, and that makes a huge difference to the blind side of the quarterback. So we don't want to take that for granted by any means. Who you got next? Uh, We're going to talk about Corey Robinson. I know we brought his name up a few other
1: times here, but uh, once again, he's uh, 26 years old. He's in the last year of his contract. He's probably going to be the main backup at the tackles right now. Um, So – once again, if he's out there starting, or I mean, he's he's gonna. Hopefully, he's only that guy. If like, you know, the offensive tackle shoe comes untied, or his freaking chin strap comes <laughs> off, or whatever needs to come off the field for a player too. That's what he's in there for. Um, if Corey Robinson's out there for an extended period amount of time, um, that really puts a puts a big damper on how good this offensive line can be. Um, do, I wish we had a little more, a better depth at tackle, but. You know, uh, like you said, we, we've spent, you know, kind of money up front for some of those other guys instead, you know, the starters. So those starters need to stay healthy because uh, Corey Robinson, even in the last year of his contract, I uh, if he does pretty good, maybe bring him back again. You know, like I said, he's only 26, so um, he could probably be a good backup. I don't see this guy ever being a, being a solid starter, though.
0: Yeah, man, uh, I'm... I'm torn because I feel like it doesn't kill you if he was to do okay and you just want to, can fit him on the roster. But to me, there's just not going to be enough room to keep a guy like this. That's never really been a very good football player, no matter what his age or his contract. So in this case, I'm all for keeping younger guys on good contracts. But to me, Corey Robinson, we have to move on from. And um, I already detailed how, Crosby, you know, if all goes well, he played, he played left tackle. I think in college, he uh, should be able to play the right. And if he has some interior abilities, great. I heard in the drafts, he doesn't, but um, you know, if he has any flex to him, to me, he could be a a backup on four positions or so, even five, maybe. That's why I said, I'd go with Terrell Crosby as our right tackle backup. So I'm ready to move on from Corey Robinson. See ya.
1: I wouldn't be sad sad if he got cut. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. I am looking at the rest of these names, though, and, uh, you know, it's weird. Like, I like our O-line depth, but I also look at the the rest of these tackles, and I think, oh, boy, there's only one name I like, and it's probably a name that you and most others either don't know or have never heard of. Who's that? I like this kid, Adam Bisnawadi, man. I remember reading up on him. I think, uh, I want to say Pittsburgh. He played left tackle. He's a big, big dude. I want to say he's like 6'6 plus. And uh, I remember he was like in the top, I want to say top five tackles of his draft class. Maybe maybe a little bit lower than that. But he dropped down the draft board, and I think he's had some injuries. But I like this guy. I think they picked him off the scrap heap. And I think, uh, you know, I don't know where he fits in roster construction, but I think that, with some good coaching and maybe a year or so, he could be a nice little find.
1: Yeah, he's a camp body. That's all there is to
0: it. He's a camp body. So, uh,
1: you know, the first few weeks and the last week, uh, you know, he'll be out there playing. He'll be out there most
0: of the game, but ultimately he's not going to make the team. (laughs) Okay. I I like him sixth round here out of Pittsburgh, but I remember in that draft, if you go back and look, he was projected to be a second or third rounder and kind of fell down and just only played the one year with the Giants. So, that's, I don't that's, know. That's, got, not, just, that's I, not just
1: falling down, man. If you're projected to be a second round, you don't get taken until the sixth, and then you can't make it on the Giants O-line, who's been terrible. I mean, that's that's saying something right there.
0: Yeah, he was, he was injured a bunch. Go read his injury history. Like, he had a bad injury, I think, coming out in the draft or right before that, and he was hurt. He was hurt in the first year. What are you going to do? I mean, I could, I could be wrong, but I'm not saying he's going to be a, a starter or anything. I'm just saying sometimes it's good when they go find these guys that haven't even really had a chance yet at a premier position and, and get them in here. Oh, yeah. What 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 else are you looking at, both at tackle, that we need to talk
1: about? I, know, I thought that guy – remember last year with the Brian Mahalik? Is that, is that who it was? Bro? Yeah. I mean, he, he was pressed into service late in the year so through all the injuries. And I can't remember what game it was where they were talking about it. And they're like, Oh gosh, you know, he's out there and, you know, that's what the commentators were saying. He actually did, you know, pretty decent, you know, for being pressed in the service and, you know, not having a whole, you know, obviously taking a whole lot of snaps in practice. So, he might be a guy, once again, I mean, he's, what, you know, 25 years old. You know, like you said, like you were just talking about, you know, or whatever his name is, you know, maybe a little more, maybe a little more, uh, you know, coaching up. And he could, you know, he could fill that role as, uh, you know, one of those backups, you know, uh, that does okay when, you know, when there's a dire need for a player on the O-line. That's the kind of the guy I was thinking of right there.
0: The thing we got to remember, though, like we're going through all these names and um, we need to – get going in these linebackers but to me we're talking about all these positions for the people but really when it comes down to it on a day, game day you got a right tackle, a left tackle and then hopefully a flex guy or two maybe maybe you keep two tackles up but usually I think only the one who can who can play right or left in a perfect scenario so a lot of these guys they just don't fit the roster at all no matter what they do. I don't I don't see you keeping more than four four tackles, maybe five.
1: Yeah, but you're right. That fifth one better be able to play somewhere else as well. You know, that's you know, he better be able to play a few different mm. positions.
0: Yeah, but we already talked about uh, – that's our guy, Crosby. He plays almost all the positions, and he's young, and we put a draft resource. So, mm-hmm. like, that's what makes all these other guys null and void to me. But the other name I like – I'm pulling him up right now. You're going to say he's a camp body too. But there was buzz too about Dan Skipper coming out. He went undrafted, it says, which surprises me. Again, I wish I'd have done a little more looking up at the history because I remember he was coming out of Arkansas. He had that that pedigree of that he had a good college career. I think he had some injuries. And he went to the Cowboys, which obviously you can't play anywhere there on that line. And he got booted. And when we signed him, I was kind of like, oh, man, Dan Skipper, I know that name. And uh, he's there too. So to me, you know, Crosby's that guy that moves around, Dan Skipper – Biznawadi are my two picks that might sneak up and be a, a guy to keep on the practice uh, squad because they are so young and because they haven't, you know, they're not veterans. Like you can't do anything with uh, Wiggins, right? He either makes it or he's gone. Yeah, he's, the, he's the, But he's these the, other guys you can tuck away a little bit. So those are my two, and you like, uh, you, you like Maholics. So yeah. there we go. Yeah, let's move
1: on to linebackers. I'm kind of tired of talking about these guys on the O-line that are no longer going to, you know, make the team or even have to worry about.
0: Absolutely. But before we move on, I just want to say, we have talked about it before. The O-line, Grifka, is going to be one of my favorite things to watch or, or see how it impacts our team this year because we probably have put, top five would you say top eight resources in the nfl to our o-line as far as draft picks and money yeah so these guys need to they need to keep our quarterback clean they need to push people around which i've barely ever seen a lions o-line do in my lifetime uh push people around move the sticks actually get nasty on people like to me that's what i need to see from to get our money's worth is a lot of production both in the run game from them a lot of a lot less sacks. I mean, I think we've been in with the top 10 at least, if not higher in sacks the last couple of years, 40 or 50 every year from Matt Stafford getting put on the ground. So they need to be way better. Bob Quinn's done his job. Now they need to do theirs.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you on that. that this whole line needs to be uh, productive for uh, this uh, Lions team to be uh, do any damage in the NFC North this year. And I know that sounds trite, and a lot of teams say that, well, yeah, if everybody's all line. Yeah, but there's some guys that can you know scramble a little more, make plays. I mean, we've seen you know Stafford run for his life a little bit, but you know he's he's only successful if he's going to be in the pocket making the throws. He's not he's not a guy that's going to you know bootleg out to the right or left and you know you know make some play like that. That's not that's not his game. So uh, he's the guy that needs
0: to be somebody... in the pocket sorry. And somebody projected Stafford or not Stafford carry on to run for 300 yard games this year. I heard on, on some podcast and, uh, they were kind of like, ah, 300 yard games, you know, like for most rookie high end rookies is kind of like, ah, eh, that would be an okay year. Like to me, not only would that be incredible and something we haven't seen in a while, but that'd hopefully just be the start of maybe what we could get going on the ground. Cause I'm so sick of watching us run for 20 yards in a game run, you know, from one running back. Like we usually piece it together and get like 82, 800 yards, which is still pathetic. Yeah. But it's, could you imagine like carry on, rip it off 125 and a couple touchdowns in a game this year. Like to me, that's an automatic yeah. W when we start doing stuff. Yeah, like that. Yeah.
1: It's sad when after the year, like you're leading rusher on the team. And it's just like, yeah, he led the team in rushing, and it was for 576 yards. It's just like, are you kidding me? That's that's like some guy's quarter season right there. And well, you know, they used a lot of different guys. Don't give me that garbage, man. I mean, it's, I know I know the days of the workhorse running back are gone, but um, we need the O line to be able to bust some holes open. Like you said, you know, like carry on, get 100 and you know, you know, 125 and a couple TDs, something like that. You know, I'm not saying he needs 100 yards every game, but you know. You know, 85, 85, 90, 95, something productive, you know, a touchdown. You know, blow those holes open. That's what this offensive line needs to do.
0: Right. And the old line, like, uh, gets nasty inside the 10 and gets us some actual rushing, banging touchdowns. That's what we'll hear at Blunt. We already touched on him before. He's not really an absolute banger. But to me, with a good old line and with a big old back, this 240 pounds, like, I'd like to be able to score touchdowns from inside the five at a pretty good pace, which I feel like if I looked back at our running back touchdowns over the last years, I guarantee we're in like the bottom third for sure. Yeah. Or how about, or how about where more than that? How
1: about where it's like a fourth and like one or fourth and like six inches from, you know, your 40 or like the other team's 48 yard line. And yeah, it's like, yeah, let's just throw, let's run a quarterback sneak or something like that. I would love to see that, you know, where it's like it was always seem like oh well we're just gonna put it away and pin them deep. It's just like yeah, because you're right because you couldn't depend on your offensive line to get enough push where your quarterback could fall forward just to get that yeah you know, mm-hmm. that six inches. You know that's what I would love to see where that where, where you can take that chance to do it as opposed to like you know no it's like well okay well, our center is gonna get blown back so we might as well just put it away and try to pin them deep and pin them back on the defense to stop them again. So
0: that's what that's what I'd like to see. Could- Real quick side note before you go to LB's, do you think Matt Pat from a coaching perspective is gonna be both more of a gambler and more of a hey, we're gonna shove it up your you know what on fourth and short, or do you think he's gonna yeah, kick I, it I, away?
1: I think this year he has I mean he has the keys to the to the car, man. He's you know, Quinn's gonna let him drive. It's his boy. You know, he doesn't have to be cautious yeah. or anything like that. He brought him in. It's just like, and you can almost, you know, it's like, oh, you went for it on fours and six inches and it got stuffed. Oh, should you have punted it? It's just like, well, you know, I'm a rookie coach. That. You could use that for a little bit of time, you know. But, I mean, Bel- <laughs> Belichick did it. I mean, Belichick, could put on yeah. it. it'd be like force and three. It's like, okay, we got Tom Brady. We're going to go out there and do it. So, I'm thinking Matt right. may bring that because, like, I think I think he's, you know, it's like Bob Quinn, it's his guy. He's going to let him try that stuff. He's going to allow him to do that as opposed. To- cautious okay it's you know it's fourth and half an inch but i don't trust our guys let's go let's go get sam martin and pwn it down there
0: you know right i think like my favorite moment of the year one of my favorite moments is going to be when we do go for it on fourth and short and show some cojones and and we get it and then i see some emotion out of this coach maybe a fist pump maybe a maybe a yakking you know at our players saying good job rather than good old Jim Caldwell where he would like try to show some gusto the, the couple times he went for it, we get stuffed two yards in the backfield. And what are they showing him and his three watches over there on one arm clapping away? Like, good job, everybody. Keep it. Awesome. So it's like, what are you clapping for?
1: You just almost track.
0: lost us the game. Like, uh, like I don't want to see any more of that. If we do a fourth and short and get stuffed, I want to see steam coming out of Matt Patricia's ears. And if we get it, Give some dap to your players. Like, to me, that's going to be one of the things. Nothing on the field, just that emotion, I think, is going to be important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Let's move on to LBs Yeah, let's go to LBs, man. Let's uh, let's start out with our man in the middle, Jared Davis. uh, What?
1: I thought you were talking Nick Ballard, but, okay, we'll start with Jared Davis.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's your guy. You love him, jared davis man took him uh took him last year and to me like i remember when the draft was going down you know you had reuben foster on the list you had a few other players and uh jared davis was definitely on my list right before the draft all the buzz came out about him and that the lions were interested in that he was going to be there at number 20 and uh I, I couldn't love him anymore in the middle of his athleticism, his want to his smarts, his leadership, his humble spirit. Like to me, this is the quarterback of our defense, hopefully for the next five, 10 years. And uh, he is on a rookie deal. So Jared Davis is only 23 years old going into this year, a uh, four year, 10 million, almost $11 million deal in total. So again, on a yearly average across that deal, it's 2.7 million bucks. And uh' got him locked up, and I just heard an interview the other day, and he said everything right, and he just looks like the guy. Um, Griff, are you going to talk to me for five minutes about how he can't cover?
1: No, actually, I'm not. And even though I, I realized they did pull him late in the year off the field, you know, in favor of to hear Whitehead to be the, the cover guy in the nickel, um, I'm expecting a big jump out of him this year. Um, I'm looking forward to him being the leader of that defense, even though they signed Kennard, and... You know, everybody's expecting a lot on him, and I know we'll touch on him here in a bit. But um, I'm really expecting that the defense is going to be handed over to Jared Davis. They're um, expecting him to do uh, big things. He's going to be the guy that's always going to be on the field, even the nickel guy. I mean, he's fast enough to cover it. It's just he has to get his coverage skills down. So um, I'm really happy with this guy. I like the way he played last year. I realize he was um, set back a little last year over the cheat shot from your boy, Odell Beckham, you know, taking his knee out in the game. But um that's uh, – um Davis, I'm expecting big things, you know, big and better things out of him this year in the second year with the team. I like this pick a lot. I'm so glad we didn't take Ruben Foster, you know, based on his based on his
0: story now. So I like this guy. The best thing, too, is that um, – do you remember the days? It's probably been the last five or ten years where since you – know, let me go all the way back. It was almost like before I became a fan. I mean, I, I wasn't – I wasn't totally locked in when Spielman was roaming the middle. But to me, we haven't had anybody since that can get the job done. And to me, this is a guy that has the the size, the speed, the want to, and the leadership that can be that next guy. And having a a beast in the middle, to me, both – we don't even have a beast in the middle of the linebackers, but also the way Glover plays on the middle of the back end, and then hopefully the way we get um, either Aishon to play. Like having those guys up the middle to me is really important. So I think, again, we already said we love him, but to me, having a a linebacker that's going to make all the calls can play on third down. I'm I'm not worried at all either about his coverage. I feel like that was just rookie stuff. He's worked on it and. uh, it's not like he's slow or he has bad instincts, so I think he'll be fine. Last time I looked, too, it's not that easy to cover all these crazy running backs and people that they got flying out of the backfield. So sure. if he gets a few few plays on him, no big deal. Just don't get the big one or don't give up. He gave up a couple touchdowns last year in coverage. We want to limit those as much as possible. So yeah. Christian Jones, Grisco, what do you know about this guy? We brought him in from Chicago.
1: Um, fast, uh, fast linebacker. He's obviously I, from what I what i've heard and read uh this team even though they say a little, they're going to run a little four three it sounds like they're going to do more of a three four so um he's going to be in the middle there with uh jared, uh jared davis as well um i like him he's only 27 years old they got him on you know i think a little cheaper which is good um i think he was stuck behind a few people in chicago that's why he didn't really play so i, I like that signing um you know age where he's at you know what we're paying the guy um he's fast and I, I don't think you can ever have too many fast linebackers, especially at his size. So I like this guy a lot, and I think oh, with him and Davis, if they're running the like the three four and those two guys in the middle, being able to go from sideline to sideline, both of them, um, I really like those guys a lot. Like, like Jones a lot. I like the signing.
0: You, you know, one thing you missed, Grifka, I'm, uh talking about uh, JD Jared Davis. What's that? You didn't compare him to some of the greats of the '90s. That's
1: a <laughs> bit. I mean, give us a few names. <laughs> on, a, on a on a three four defense, <laughs> I mean, um, uh, I mean,
0: was well, like Ray Lewis.
1: I mean, he's no Ray Lewis. I mean,
0: is, well, that, is that better for you? I mean, I thought you'd slip in either like a. I, would say, I was saving uh, it.
1: I was saving it for the outside linebacker, by the way, and that we'll get to that, okay? Because you know who I'm going to bring out at outside linebacker playing a three four, so. Uh, <laughs> Good. Okay,
0: but well, hey, remember we don't play three four or four three. We just play defense. You know, well, just ask uh, Matt Pat. But well,
1: uh I know why don't we just do like backyard football and we just line up somebody against everybody like you do at you know with like eleven guys go out in the pass route? You know, we'll yeah. just do that. That's 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 how we'll do it.
0: Okay. I uh I just wanted to slip that in, but I mean, real quick, I just want to give the size again on Christian Jones. Six three, two hundred and forty-five pounds. I mean, you said he's fast, but to me, that's a big boy, too, playing outside backer, and I watched a game. I think it was Lions-Bears. I was just kind of – I go watch the condensed games sometimes on uh, NFL Rewind or Game Day, whatever they call it now, and uh, I just get through a game in a half hour, and I was watching the Chicago game, and, like, every time – a play was being done. It was like Christian Jones on the tackle. And now part of that is because, you know, the bears weren't that good up front. So he's making all these plays like eight years down, the f- eight yards down the field, but man, he looked good in that game. He was, he probably got his name called at least eight, 10 times. I remember. And uh, so I felt good about that. And uh, you said kind of a cheap deal. Again, it's the Griffism where you're just anybody that makes less than three, 4 million bucks. You think it's a good contract. Like to me, I mean, this guy has to produce to be able to justify three, four million bucks at outside linebacker. I mean, the guy never we're talking, done much in
1: the league. We're talking the whole scheme of, of the salary cap though. I mean, we've hashed this out before that, that is pretty cheap. And in, in the whole aspect of what, you know, linebackers make, you know, outside linebackers make who you,
0: I mean, that's, that's what it is. I mean, that's not that bad of a contract. But it depends on his role. Like if he comes in here and he's playing a lot, he's making plays, and he's even like a pseudo starter. Oh yeah, it's a bargain. But what if this guy gets pushed down the roster by a few other guys that we'll talk about, and he's a he's a backup or a backup to a backup just, and he's making almost 4 million well, bucks
1: that's that's on that's on
0: bob quinn missing on that then i mean if you're yeah, thinking, i don't say that's this gonna to... happen but i'm just saying you gotta think about these things you can't because yeah the contract looks great if you're a dead starter in the nfl but sure, not if you're not But that's
1: what i'm expecting him to be i mean I'm, I'm expecting this guy to come in and start so what we're paying him as a starter yeah it's that's on the cheap but you're right if he's one of those guys that becomes the healthy scratch yeah, that that's on Bob Quinn for misjudging this guy. It won't, so it won't be a scratch.
0: Much. I just said he's going to be, from what I've seen, he'll be good. But we're going to talk about a few other names. My boy, Jalen reeves Uh we might as well just jump into him now. Like, I was reading something the other day that there's a chance that because they play so many two linebackers that uh, – you may see a huge jump from Jalen Rees-Maven this year, and he's an absolute athlete that flies from sideline to sideline. Yeah. You couldn't see him and Jared Davis out there playing together?
1: Yeah, he's fast. I mean, I know he's a little smaller than what uh, than what uh, Matt Pat likes for, for linebackers, or at least what they had in New England. But, gosh, he's fast. I remember watching games where he was at Tennessee, and like you said, you know, like Christian Jones in the Bears game or whatever, make, this guy was making tackles all over the field. So when, mm-hmm. the line, when the Lions drafted this guy, I was really happy about it. But like I said, it, be, him being a rookie, maybe his development, you know, went a little slower, you know, based on you know jumping from you know college to pro. But once again, second, you know, I'm I'm expecting a lot of things out of this guy. I mean, I, I love his speed; he's fast. I mean,
0: like, but the other thing is he was coming off injuries, where now I think he's had a year in the scheme; he should be healthier. Uh, like you said, he he is lighter, but I bet he's put on a little bit. And to me. I at least love the upside of him now in a perfect world. um, You know, again, we paid Devin Kennard a lot of money too, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, but in a perfect world to me, like Kennard is more of a defensive end, but Jalen Reeves Maben to me could be the tandem with a guy like Jared Davis for a lot of coverage and a lot of like, Hey, we're going to just bring the blitz here. Hey, we need a guy that can flank out. Like to me, Reeves Maben, I got to, like, figure out if he can cover because I don't know that, like, for sure. But I feel like if he can cover people, that could be his, like, role too, is guarding tight ends, guarding guys out of the backfield, but also just being an absolute guy that gets shot out of a cannon and makes some turnovers. I'm expecting turnovers from this guy this year because of his speed and his, like, the way he likes to hit. And that's what we need. We need, like, fumbles, maybe he can get a pick or two, you know, jump in front of a route, like – I hope he gets some playing time. He doesn't just get pushed down and is a, a special teams guy or a, you know, he's the fourth linebacker. I'd like to see him get some opportunities.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I was, um, I'm hoping he, I hope he sees
0: the field a lot more than what he did last year. So yeah. um, Reeves gonna... Maven again, 23 years old, 750 thousand on average. Um, need to see what he can do, and it's either got to be this year or. You know, if he doesn't get as much and these other guys play well, you know, then the following year would either be make it or break it yeah. and get out of here. But uh, I like the kid. Let's go rate. Right. I brought him up. We're kind of jumping around a little bit, but let's go to Devin Kennard. I didn't know much about this guy at all, but he's a big boy, too, and he can rush the passer. And, you know, I don't know where he fits as as far as a coverage linebacker. Do you know?
1: Uh no, to be
0: honest with you, like you said,
1: I, I don't know if he can cover or not. I, I'm really expecting this guy to be the guy, the linebacker that um, you know puts his hand in the dirt, comes comes against the quarterback. That's what that's what I think they want him for. You know, a guy who's big enough to get You know, get off the blocks and um, fast enough to get to the quarterback. You know, put some pressure on the guy. Um, am I calling this guy Lawrence Taylor? No, but um, you know he is from the Giants, so. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm expecting big things out of this guy. I'm, I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping that he's the guy that we have one of those linebackers that we can blitz and actually get to the quarterback, as opposed to, you know, when they blitz, they run into the, the offensive guard who throws a you know left arm up and is automatically our our All defenders right. blocked. So I, I think right. this guy, I think this guy is going to be able to you know put some pressure on the quarterback. I sure hope that's what they do, especially for the money they gave the guy.
0: Right. Yeah. You can scheme them up. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. He's 6'4", almost 260 pounds. Ziggy is 6'5", 275. So he's only 15 pounds lighter or so than Ziggy and uh, almost as tall. So what I'd like to see, you remember like a few years ago where we started using Ziggy like as a stand-up guy where he would like roam around and then he would just come up the middle out of nowhere? Like to me, he's much better as a rusher than, than that. So I'd love to see both Ziggy and Devin Kennard do more of that joker jack roll where they're just walking around on the D line. You don't know where they're going to come from. And then when the ball snaps, they either run a stunt or they just, they just blow up the center because we got three guys all coming at the center, you know, there's too many people to block. I would love more of that kind of stuff. Or like you said, edge rushing, because when's the last time you saw the lions like draw up some crazy blitz schemes where you, where you you as a fan didn't know, like, you saw people creeping up, but you didn't know where they were going to come from. You know, there hasn't been many times. I mean, Terrell Austin, don't get me wrong, he had a good year or so on defense the one year, but he didn't draw up enough stuff to where I was like, oh, man, look at where that guy came from. or Man, that really made the difference. And uh, so, yeah, Devin Kennard's got to do that for us. Let me give his numbers real quick. Um, Three years, 17 million bucks. So around five and a half, six million on average, eight and a half million guaranteed. I mean, like we said, that was kind of our big offensive or a big defensive signing in free agency. But I don't mind it. I mean, twenty-seven, just that that mid numbers for a position that I felt like we needed a guy like this that can rush and can has some size and bulk to him. So I like it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I definitely like this signing.
0: All right let's bundle a few guys up here because we got Steve longa Jonathan freeney cam Johnson, and there's Freddie Bishop on here too. any of those guys you want to hit on camp bodies
1: there you go you know,
0: sick <laughs> camp bodies that's that's what they're once again if these guys
1: are touching the field other than special teams guys you know running down on a kickoff or blocking on a extra point um our our uh, linebackers are in trouble. <laughs>
0: All right, well, I want to hit just on a couple of these guys. So, like, I remember seeing Steve Longa on Good Morning Football. He kind of has a cool story about how I mean, he got in the league and where he's come from, but I'm looking at it right here. He's only 23 years old, and uh, I don't know. I, I felt like when I watched this piece and that the guy has some athletic upside, I kind of like him. Uh, you've had him around for a year or so now, so it might be something there, even a practice squad again if – if we could put him there and see if he develops. And Jonathan Freeney's the guy from the Pats, Grifco, where they kind of – they brought him along, and we were joking about all we do is pick up Patriots guys. But to me, he's 29, only on a one-year cheap deal. But I could see him, if we get some injuries, being a guy that could make it or could be helpful, you know, because – we're going to need people that can make plays, know the scheme. So one or two injuries. And to me, this guy is our backup linebacker, outside backer, pretty quick. So yeah. I think you can at least keep that name. Everybody that's listening, keep your name. Jonathan Freeney may uh, sneak on this team or may be able to make a little bit of noise. In the preseason, um, let me see who else we got here to talk about. you want back, Who's backing up in the middle?
1: You don't want to talk about your boy, Nick Ballore?
0: We already we already talked about
1: him. We he's he's over on the offensive can, side now. Yeah, I like how he can flex over to fullback. I think he can you know, do some real damage, blowing up those linebackers. You know, stuff like that. You know, blocking
0: <laughs> for the running back. He is a, he is a fullback now, Griffka. He's not even a linebacker anymore. Ooh. But he's I, I hate him. I think he's going to be terrible. I uh, <laughs> I you know I'm looking forward to seeing Nick Bodden next year, but I don't think Nick Bolor is going to block anybody. <laughs> I think he's a gadget player. He's almost like a a poor man's poor man's uh, Trey Burton, is how I see him. Just a guy that wow. They they call him a blocker. He can't block. They call him like a flex or a, that he's a pseudo tight end. He can't catch. Um, he's just a half gadget player that's not going to do anything. I don't like him.
1: Wow. Okay. I, I'm not a huge fan. And he's either. had
0: concussions, so I, I don't expect him to be out of the league before you know it, too. Yeah. Okay. But um, so I'm looking at it real quick just to finish this up here on linebackers. We we talked about Christian Jones. The site I'm looking at has him as an inside backer, but I, you know, I have him sort of as the outside. But who knows what we're gonna do? Are you gonna play one middle and one outside? Are you gonna play you know, Canard down on the defensive line and have two or three linebackers. I have, or maybe play four linebackers, you know, I, I have no idea what they're going to look like, but so Christian Jones is a, inside is probably because of how big he is, but I could see, you know, him next to Jared Davis and then canard as the quote unquote outside backer, but maybe he's down on the line. And then, you know, Reeves Maven as your third guy, if they really go to a, a three, four look,
1: yeah, that's what I, – I thought he was an inside linebacker,
0: like you said, maybe because of his size, but
1: uh, that's what I was reading him at. So, yeah, with him and Davis in the middle. Um, you but
0: know, that's except- the thing to get used to is that we usually just think, well, Jared Davis is our inside linebacker because that's the scheme we've run for so long. Yeah. But in a, in a Patricia or a versatile scheme, you almost have to have two big middles, which I almost got to see that before I can get it in my brain that you could have – Two middle inside linebackers on the field more than more times than not.
1: Yeah, I'm so used to, with the lines. I'm so used to seeing a four three. I always think of just one middle linebacker. So
0: right, yeah, yeah we got to get out of that. Got to yeah. get out of our old habits because uh, there's gonna be people playing and coming from everywhere. I think, and we'll see that when we're down at training camp. Yeah. Trevor Bates was the other one I wanted to hit on just for a second. Yeah, he was another Patriot, I believe. And uh, this guy's younger. He's only 24 years old. One year deal. Almost the minimum. I mean, I, I think he might be a guy to keep an eye on as well. Just again, former Patriot young, they brought him here. Maybe they have a role or a thought for him as a, as a depth player.
1: Like you said, he comes in because he knows the scheme. He's, uh, you know, Patricia coached him over in New England. So that's pretty much why he's here.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not seeing anybody else. I mean, they have here is an inside backer, Daryl Sankey. I've never heard of him. He, he, I can't see him doing anything. And then uh, there is a guy. He's not even on my list, I don't think. Let me see if I can find him. I should have pulled up uh, all the undrafted rookies. He is here. He's just listed as a general linebacker. Chad Meredith, Griff, because you know that name?
1: Yeah, it's, what is it was. He got like a three-year contract or something
0: like that. Yeah, he's just a linebacker. Oh, yeah, all the, undra- all the undrafted guys have that three-year 1.7 mil. Yeah. Um, Southeast Missouri State, he's a big guy. I don't have his... yeah, from
1: Yeah, from what I've – he was one of those guys I've read different spots. Like, he could be that – one of those – because you know, undrafted guys always make the team. He could be one of those guys that, you know, makes the team, you know, starts out on special teams, learns the ropes, and in a few years he's on the field. So, yeah, I was reading stuff about him that um yeah he's like you said small school guy probably needs some coaching up to be able to make the jump from the small school up to uh up to the pros so he might be one of those guys when the lines get him they might hide him on the practice squad and uh see how see how he turns out
0: yeah we'll uh we'll have to see i heard the other day there's probably like three small school guys you know we have to we have to watch for the a couple receivers and then a of a linebacker in a corner. So we've talked about them all throughout the process, but um, you know, we'll be able to keep our eyes on, on uh, Ford, Redding, you know, are the, the receiver in the corner. And then you got this guy, linebacker and, uh, and you got another player too. I mean, I don't see any of those guys making a huge impact, but they definitely have to be uh, accounted for. Cause usually one, one guy comes out of camp, you know? So yeah. I think one of those guys, and I wouldn't mind it if he was a, if it was the linebacker, cause I think we could use a little depth, especially, uh, you know, in the middle there and add some punch to the unit. So Griff could kind of, uh, you know, bundle up those linebackers, give us, you know, without uh, going over everything we have. I know sometimes we repeat ourselves here on the podcast, but, um, kind of, is this unit going to be better than last year? Who's going to be an impact guy and, uh, are they good enough to be uh NFL linebacking core this year?
1: Yeah, the I believe this unit's gonna be better. Um one reason because we got rid of here, Whitehead. I mean, I know it sounds mean, but you know, he's gone. So, you know, they yeah. got they got Kennard, they got Jones, they're you know, big fast guys. Um, Davis, I'm expecting a big jump out of him, and like you said, uh Reeves Maven. I hope I'm hoping to see more of him on the field where he can just go sideline to sideline, make tackles. Um, so I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with what we have. Once again, the guys behind it though make me worry, like we were talking here a couple of you know, not too long ago. Um, as for the um O line, just kinda of covering that again. Once again I know we kicked this uh you know, horse a bunch of times, but uh yeah, these guys gotta be uh on the field an awful lot for this team to be successful, the uh the five main guys we're looking at.
0: Yep, man. Sounds good. Um, I feel the same way. I think it should be better You to your Whitehead was was here for a while and was a a good soldier. But, you know, I think we've upgraded in those positions. Plus, we got more versatility. Plus, we have a better defensive mind calling the plays, um, you know, and and organizing that unit from the head coach perspective. So I I think they can't be anything but better and stronger and tougher, which is really what we need. And uh, I'm just excited to see a new look you know new blitzes new defensive scheme and a scheme that hopefully will change from week to week so that we can just win ball games that's really all i care about so really excited to see all that griffka we have made it through uh, dollars and cents, man. We talked a lot of financials and a lot about each player on this football team. I feel like we hit everybody that we need to. We know that punters and kickers are people too, but you guys know who those people are. We're not going to go through them, but, um, we're excited to see this team. We're going to be down there at training camp together, getting our eyes on these guys and having some fun out at Allen park, which would be awesome. And, uh, looking forward to that to all the people out there listening. We've been, we've really appreciated it. We got like a lot of you uh, new listeners, you know, we're trying to get the word out a little bit more about the podcast. Um, so look for us. Like here we are, we got football now. So me and Grifka haven't totally talked it over. We're doing this kind of on the fly, uh, building this up from the ground up. But the hope is now that we have real football, real games, we're gonna bring some more and some different podcasts to you. You might hear me doing some solo episodes. We might get Griffka all set up at his uh the Griffka studios over there where he can do a solo or do some episodes if he wants. And uh, hopefully we'll come to you and do some game recaps and all types of stuff. But it all just depends on how we, how we get set up and what kind of time, but we're looking to talk Lions football all year long. We hope that you'll subscribe on iTunes, give us a positive review. And uh, there may even be a hangout. We may be hanging out tailgating, hunt Grifka for the home opener and have some Detroit Kool-Aid uh, out and about. So maybe more details on that as we, come but uh keep supporting us we love it and we know that you guys love lions football so anything to uh to say before we get out of here grifka
1: season's here let's go lions
0: yes sir sir let's do this everybody thanks so much for listening we'll come back at you soon with another episode of the detroit kool-aid podcast pack the bags start playing this game is over By the Lions. Drink it in, man.